The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We're talking Major League Baseball's World Series, the matchup we all predicted, and then NFL picks and college football games to watch this week. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. If you want the purest jerky in the game, you got to go straight to the source. And Righteous Felon, they've partnered with the best natural black Angus beef producers in the land to lock up supply and guarantee the best tasting, the best textured, and, by the way, the freshest beef jerky on the market. Try it for yourself at RighteousFelon.com. Use the promo code STOVE15. You're going to get 15% off your purchase I'm Vince Stover, your host, joined by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Boy, a lot of sports going on. Had a chance to watch my Boston Celtics for a little bit earlier this evening, so that was good. NBA talk. We talk as much NBA as we do NHL on this show. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, yes, NBA is underway and uh, kicking for the season. Uh, dad, this week I tried a new flavor of righteous felon jerky. Actually, it was on Sunday that I had this jerky. Uh, this is the flavor that they call foul Capone. It's a Turkey jerky, uh, right there infused with basil. And I'll tell you, dad, when I first, uh, I've been holding off on trying this one cause I really didn't think I was going to like it. Uh, it is now number five on my favorite flavors of righteous felon jerky. Uh, lots of flavor, very, very tasty. And as always tender and awesome texture as well. And, uh, so I would encourage those who get on to righteousfelon.com to check out foul Capone and use that code stove 15 at your checkout. All right, dad, let's start with baseball. Of course, the world series is now set. Game one is Friday at eight Oh three PM Eastern time. And uh, as we all predicted, the Texas Rangers will be hosting the Arizona Diamondbacks. I talked a lot of baseball this year on our Sunday show, the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. It took me two months to respect the Rangers, to realize, hey, I think this is a really good team. And uh, the Diamondbacks, from the get-go, it was like, hey, this team is going to be improved. They got young guys that are going to be lots of fun. The question was, can their pitching hold up? Well, the reality is both of these teams have good pitchers, but pitchers that have overachieved, I think at least to this point, but they got them where they need to be. And uh, the world gets to see Corbin Carroll now, who is an exciting young baseball player for Arizona, along with other guys. I think both of these teams are stocked full of talent, and uh, I think we're in for a good series. The Rangers have put up a whole lot of runs this season. And uh, their offense is really what's carried them all the way here, uh, although the pitching has been better than expected, especially after injuries. Uh, but I think it's going to be a fun one, Dad. Rangers and Diamondbacks. What are your general thoughts on this World Series? 
Yeah, I, I think it will be good baseball. Like you said, there's a lot of talent involved in the Diamondbacks. I watched quite a bit of the series with the Phillies since I've got a good friend that's a Phillies fan, and I was kind of cheering for them. But you, know, you could see the Diamondbacks have a lot of talent, and um, they seem very comfortable with being there You know, in the playoffs and didn't get – um, flustered or anything. So I think, you know, there's a lot of good baseball. Again, a lot of a lot of good base running. I think there's good fielding, you know, probably in both these teams. And uh, I think it should be a good series and, and probably will go deep into the series. Yeah, I think it could be really even. Um, the Rangers, though, have a tendency to put on a whole lot of runs. Um, and uh, so Arizona will have to keep up in that regard. But um it's an interesting matchup. I think it's an entertaining matchup. I'm excited about it. Uh, we talked about just before coming on air about the uh, how how what the viewership will be like. You mentioned that you know the East there probably won't be great viewership in the East, and I would agree. But I think when you put teams like this in, you get an opportunity to draw in maybe a different viewership. Uh, it's not not even the diehard baseball fans, although diehard baseball fans should be tuning in. Uh, but you get the people who are like, wait a second, Arizona. There are people who remember the last time Arizona was in the World Series. The Rangers are one of those brands that maybe not super popular right now, but they had a moment in history where there were a lot of Rangers fans out there, Nolan Ryan being the main reason for that. So I think you're going to get some people back that maybe haven't watched in a little while. You're going to get some people in interested uh, as well. And putting it on national television helps. It'll be on Fox uh, which is always good. I didn't understand why they were hiding it on FS1 uh, this whole time and TBS. But nonetheless, um, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, I think it's going to be a, a good World Series. We're going to get to predictions in just a moment. But, Dad, first of all, uh, Houston Astros manager Dusty Baker announces his retirement today. Uh, Dusty, of course, got the World Series last year. Uh, he seems to be well-respected. And uh, one of those, one of the good guys, I suppose, been around a long time. I've been around a lot of baseball, uh, but thoughts on Dusty Baker's retirement. Yes, he was, a, you know, I think he'll go down as one of the great coaches, no doubt about it. You know, he won with a lot of different teams. He was with my Giants for a while, so I knew him then. And um, I think um, it'd be interesting to see how Houston does. Cause I think with Houston being in the spot they were, he was the ideal guy to come in and stabilize that. And, um, but you know, it's probably time for him to retire. He's had a great, uh, great career and, um, you know, a great baseball guy, no doubt about it. Um, uh, Bob Melvin leaving San Diego to go to the giants, be the new giants manager. Uh, so that's an experienced older guy coming down, uh, to San Francisco to take over the Giants uh, baseball team, uh, which is interesting. Craig Council, whose contract expired in Milwaukee, interviewing with the Mets, which is no surprise to Brewers fans because the former GM went to the Mets. Everyone's been talking about this for two years. Um, hate to see Craig Council leave. And uh, honestly, a little surprised that he is leaving. But uh, it looks like uh, what everyone's been suspecting is he'll end up with the Mets. That's not finalized, of course. But I mean, it, it will be probably soon. Uh, but let's get back to managers and the World Series, Dad. Bruce Bochy, another former Giants uh, uh, manager. He's in the World Series with the Rangers. The first, I believe, manager to take three different teams to the World Series. Is Bruce Bochy a top three all-time baseball manager? 
Um, he'd be close to it. He, um, you know, he, he really knows how to handle a team, knows how to handle a lineup, and um, just seems to, when he's with teams, just make the right moves. I remember years ago uh, when he was with the Giants and the Giants were doing well, I talked to a, a, a co-worker who was a, a really um, knowledgeable baseball guy, and he said the difference is your manager because he said this guy really knows how to, um, you know, maneuver the lineup. And so I think he'll go down as one of the top ones. I don't know about the top three, but he's probably going to have the record for it, especially you know, if he wins the series here. Yeah. Uh, impressive manager for sure. And uh, interesting to see how this one breaks out. Let's go to prediction time for the World Series. Diamondbacks and Rangers uh, coming into this one. Dad, I'm going to start with you. Who wins and how many games does it take them? Well, I'm going to stay with the National League and the team of destiny here with the Diamondbacks, and I'll take the Diamondbacks in seven games. Wow. Okay. Uh, Diamondbacks in seven. Uh, I'm going to go Rangers, and I'd love for it to go seven games. To me, that's the most fun that you could possibly do. Uh, but I'm going to go Rangers in six. They have out um, produced the Arizona Diamondbacks by over 130 runs. Uh, so they, they've had 881 runs on the season, which is just crazy. Uh, the Diamondbacks at 746. I just think that at the end of the day, the Rangers are the team of destiny more so than Arizona. They led the AL East for a long time, uh, uh, South, excuse me, for a long time. And then, uh, excuse me, West. They led the AL West for a long time this season, and uh, they ended up second place in the West, 90 wins on the season. Uh, again, they've overcome injuries. They come out, do what they've got to do. After um, losing three straight, they won two uh, against Houston, both of them at Houston, and uh, and again, putting up so many runs. I think it's Texas's to take home, and so I'm going to go Texas in six. Dad goes Diamondbacks in seven. I uh, like the call there as well. Anything else on baseball, Dad, before we move on to football? No, it should be a good World Series. Like I said, it was a good playoffs, and uh, hopefully it'll be a good ending to the season. All right, let's get into the NFL week number eight. Before we do that, week number seven, let's recap a couple things for you. The week started off with the Jaguars holding on to beat the Saints on Thursday night. Sunday saw some exciting games, Cleveland and Indianapolis, a very fun game, 39-38, Cleveland gets the win, Patriots upset the Bills, uh, Ravens dominate the Lions, Bears beat the Raiders, uh, Falcons take over the Bucks and the division lead, Steelers showed up to beat the Rams, um, outside of that, everything else was fairly ho-hum, Chiefs beat the Chargers. <laughs> Eagles beat the Dolphins uh, and handled them overall. And then Monday night came, and Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings uh, take the win over the 49ers. And yes, the 49ers are a little beat up, but come on now. 22-17, to 17, Vikings win. To me, that was the most surprising thing, even though the Patriots win was surprising. The Vikings beating the 49ers was the most surprising thing to me. Yes, I, again, I think maybe the Bills was the biggest um, upset there with the Patriots. But, yeah, I was surprised that Minnesota, you know, you didn't think. Um, you thought, again, San Francisco is a little beat up, and it does make a difference. And San Francisco is kind of 
you know, struggled here just a little bit. So it's interesting to see, you know, their dominance at the first of the season was just unbelievable. So, um, you know, we will see. I don't know. Is San Francisco struggling? Is Minnesota peaking? You know, we'll see. So you think the Bills-Patriot game is more of an upset than Vikings-49ers? Uh, I think so, or just it's just as much. I mean, the Patriots, you know, haven't been any good. Now it is a division game, so and? you can say, and we always say that the division game, you never know. But I, I was just totally shocked at that. But um, the Bills yeah. should not have lost to the Patriots. But a division game on the road, you put those two factors into it. I'm always going to give a little credence to division games, Minnesota and San Francisco. It's in a dome. It's Minnesota without the best player in the league. It's San Francisco with a dominant defense. It's uh, all these other things. Minnesota had no business winning that game. And uh, and to me, that's by far the biggest upset uh, of, of the week. Uh, and I mean, I yes, the Bills upset. That's, that's crazy. But to me, it was all about uh, all about that game there on Monday night to close out the week. But let's transition to this week and talk about what's going on this week because there's some interesting games. We're going to pick six of these games. Uh, we always pick the primetime games, and we follow that with three random games of our own choosing, and we pick against the spread for these games as well, even though neither me or Dad actually gamble. Uh, but we like to pick against the spread. Thursday night, Baker and the Bucks head uh, up to Buffalo. The Bills uh, coming off a tough loss. Um, you know, you'd think that they're going to wake up and be ready to go on Thursday, but Thursday games are always ugly. The bills are eight and a half point favorites, uh, this week at home. Uh, dad, which way do you go with Buffalo and Tampa? Well, you know, these picks this week, I think are really hard, especially the primetime games. And the, the problem with this one is the line being eight and a half. But um, I'll go with Buffalo. Buffalo should rebound on this. I do like Tampa and Baker. I think they've done better, but they're on the road. And uh, if Buffalo is going to right the ship here, they need to do it at home. And if they get rolling, they can cover eight and a half. So I'll go with, with Buffalo. Buffalo should win. Buffalo should blow out the Buccaneers. But Dad picked Buffalo. So all aboard the Baker train, uh, we're going Buccaneers. Plus eight and a half this week against the Bills. I think the Bills win, uh, but I think it's going to be closer than it should be. And uh, I think the Buccaneers' defense is decent. And again, I think the Buccaneers' offense can put up points if need be, although they didn't last week. Uh, that being said, I'm going to go Buccaneers as the underdogs on Thursday night. Monday night, it's the loss, or excuse me, Sunday night, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, the two and four. Los Angeles Chargers host the two and five Chicago Bears. It's what everybody thought was going to be when they scheduled this game for a Sunday night primetime battle between Justin Herbert and Justin Fields. All the talk is the Bears are going to trade Justin Fields and draft a new quarterback. The Chargers need to fire their coach and hire a new coach. And the Chargers dad, eight and a half point favorites at home. But I have tried to teach you, dad and you refuse to listen to me, but you cannot pick the Chargers. Chargers will not cover. Chicago Bears, plus eight and a half. Give me the Bears. How about you? Um, as much as I hate it, yes, I pick the Bears also. Oh. 
I, I think with um, eight and a half is, you know, I, can, can the Chargers beat anybody by eight and a half, uh, even though they're at home? And like you said, the, being a home game is a little iffy there in L.A. Yeah. So, um, but the Bears, you know, again, I mean, they've got, but, you know, they, they won, what, won again last week. So, yeah, um, yeah we'll, we'll go with the Bears, and they may even win this game, but definitely I think they can get the spread. Man, if Chicago wins this game, Staley's got to be fired, right? I mean, there's no way the Chargers could keep a coach who loses in prime time to the Bears, can they? No, I mean, yeah, this this will be the the downfall for sure for the Chargers. Uh, things will have to happen if um, they lose to the Bears at home prime time, but um, they could it could happen. Two teams coming off embarrassing losses will headline Monday night's game. The Detroit Lions at home, seven and a half point favorites over the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, I don't know who's playing quarterback for the Raiders this week, uh, but uh, I, I don't know, Dad. This Detroit team is so confusing to me. The moment I give them any ounce of respect, they get embarrassed by Baltimore. They're supposed to be one of the top teams, uh, a top three team in the NFC, and and they can't even hang with the Ravens. Um you listen, they're at home. They're against the the Raiders. They should win, uh, but who knows what's going to happen? Which way do you go with this one? Um, again, you know, it's a high number at seven and a half. And Detroit, again, I I don't know, but I don't think they're one of necessarily one of the top teams, and they really got exposed last week. But Vegas, you know, the Raiders are really, really not a good team. Um, and unfortunately they're not playing the Packers this week. So, you know, uh, I don't know how that's going to go, but, um, Detroit, I, I, I'll have to go with Detroit seven and a half is a lot, but I don't know the Vegas again, it's on the road. It's at Detroit. Detroit probably plays better at home. And, um, again, I mean, I don't understand what I'm doing, picking the bears and the lions, but there's not much choice. I have to pick these games and there's just no way I can, honestly think that the, the Raiders are going to cover. Well, I'm so glad you said that, Dad. I picked the Raiders seven and a half point underdogs to cover this one, um, and it makes me feel better that you picked the Lions. There you uh, go. So, uh, so that that made me uh, much at ease. Um, I am interested to see who the quarterback is, you know, for, for Vegas this week and to see where it ends up going. I just, I don't know. Somebody has to take some pride in what's going on there in Vegas and if they do that, I think they can hang with Detroit. Uh, I think Detroit's the better team. Uh, I think Detroit should win. But I don't know. Seven and a half, I, to me, that was just a big enough number. I mean, it's just a touchdown, a little over a touchdown. But still, I don't know. I felt like it was going to be closer. So I went with Vegas in that one. This might be my downfall uh, this week for sure. Uh, all right, let's get to the rest of the games, Dad. Uh, game number four, who did you pick this week? I will take the Colts at home by one and a half over the Saints. I think the Colts are playing good. I don't think the Saints necessarily are. And the Colts being at home, I, to me, that that one made a lot of sense. So I'll take them by one and a half. Uh, why'd you do that, Dad? That's what I got. I got Indianapolis as well. One and a half over the Saints at home. I mean, it just makes sense. Minshew's good enough. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, by the way, is getting things going, looked great, uh, this past week. And, uh, I like what Indy's doing and I don't like what new Orleans is doing. I picked Indianapolis too. And now I hate it since you picked them, but that's okay. Uh, Indianapolis, one and a half point favorites. Uh, next game, 
Um, again, you may have picked this one too, but uh, we both like Houston. And even though they're on the road, two and a half over Carolina, um, as I looked at all the games, that one seemed like an easy one. So we'll take Houston, C.J. Stroud, being able to get the bragging rights here, even though it's in Carolina. Yeah, I did not pick this game. I agree with you. I think Houston covers um, and wins and wins easily against Carolina. I love what Houston's doing. I love what they're doing on offense. They might actually get their run game going against Carolina this week. They've not been able to do that to this point. Um, but, yes, I agree with you, although I did not pick that game, Dad. I went instead with an underdog at two-and-a-half points. Uh, Steelers against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Steelers are at home, two-and-a-half-point underdogs. And it looks like both of these teams are finding their footing right now. Um, but a home game in Pittsburgh, as much as I respect Jacksonville, I don't know. I just keep waiting for Pittsburgh to have that breakout. They've gotten better and better and better. I think Pittsburgh takes this game. So I went Pittsburgh over Jacksonville, uh, two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Any thoughts on that one? Um, again, that should be a good game, and you're right about being in Pittsburgh. Of course, we're not quite to the winter weather yet, and I do think Jacksonville – I do think Jacksonville is going to be uh, uh, something to deal with in the, in the you know, AFC course uh, – the North Division is is you know shaping up to be tough like we thought it would be. Uh, Pittsburgh has been surprising in a lot of ways, but um, I I, I kind of think Jacksonville will win this. We'll see. All right, who is your last game? I'll go with an underdog on this one. Five and a half point underdog, and they're on the road to Cincinnati Bengals against the 49ers. Um, again, I don't know that the, the Bengals will win this, but I think they can definitely cover the spread. And again, the Bengals have got to continue to rebound here. And to me, San Francisco is struggling. Now they've got a great defense, but again, um, you know, if anybody should be able to handle it, it could be with Joe Burrow and that, and Cincinnati's got a fairly good defense. So, you know, is San Francisco going to be able to score, um, I think, you know, again, I think Cincinnati may win this, but I think they'll cover. Yeah, I didn't pick this game, but I agree with you. I think Cincinnati could easily be within that. It could come down to a field goal, um, something to that effect. And Brock Purdy's in concussion protocol, so we don't know what's going to happen there yet. Uh, Debo Samuels is injured. McCaffrey will be there. He'll play. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, even if the defense wakes up for San Francisco, it could still be a three-point game. So, so at the end of the day, I, I do agree with you, Dad. Um, I'm going to go ahead uh, and stick with the interdivision game, Dad. And I'm going to go to New England Patriots, plus nine and a half. Such a big number, the way they performed against Buffalo. Miami's a completely different team, but Tyreek Hill, he missed practice today. Um, as he sit out this week, that could change some things as well. So I'm going to go New England at plus nine and a half. In Miami, it's not too hot in Miami right now, so that doesn't have a great effect on things. And uh, it seems like Bill Belichick pulls out the best things against the division teams. And so I think they'll at least show up and be respectable in this game, even though I do think Miami wins this game. I think it could be by less than nine and a half points. Thoughts on New England-Miami? 
again, being a division game and nine and a half is a big number. So I can see how you would pick this. Uh, on the other hand, I don't think anybody would be surprised if Miami gets, gets rolling um, and the Patriots were back where they were a couple weeks ago. But again, it's a division game and, you know, New England pulled it off last week. So um, I, that's not a bad pick with nine and a half. All right, let's run through the rest of the games. Philadelphia on the road, six-and-a-half-point favorites over Washington. Washington, man, they've allowed 40-plus sacks already. They're on pace to break the record set in Houston when Carr was the rookie quarterback for most sacks in a season. I believe their coach is on officially the hot seat as well. Philadelphia looked really good this last week against Miami. Could be a letdown game. It is a division game. It is on the road. I don't know. I think Philadelphia covers, but I think they win this game for sure. Yes, I think Philadelphia will roll in this one. I didn't pick it again because it is a division game and it is on the road. And I thought maybe there were some better choices. But Philadelphia, I think, is establishing himself as the best team in the NFC right now. The Battle of New York, the New York Jets on the road. Uh, two and a half point favorites over the Giants. I gotta be honest with you, Dad. I'm a little surprised by that. I, I guess it's not totally surprising the Jets are the favorite, but even so, Dad, I don't know. I I kind of like the Giants in this one. Yes, the, you know the Giants early on looked like they were just terrible, and now they've kind of rebounded. Tyrod Taylor, you know, doing better there. I do not think the Jets are necessarily a good team either. So, um, I. I yeah, this is kind of a toss-up um, on this one either way, but I, you know, I would be for the Giants over the Jets, but exactly who will win uh, would be a hard one to pick for me. Tennessee Titans are trading all their players to Philadelphia, but they're going to have to have at least 53 to play against Atlanta this week. Tennessee hosting this game is a two-and-a-half-point underdog to the Atlanta Falcons. I don't I don't think the Falcons are good necessarily, Um but I think they're better than the Titans. So I hear there's rumor that possibly Will Levis gets his debut this week as well. Um, give me Atlanta in this one. Yes, I, I think so because the the Titans, you know, were doing the trades and stuff. Um, I think that's going to definitely affect whatever psyche they may have had. I, I read where they may use both quarterbacks, and that's never that's never usually a a, a recipe for success there. Um, I was going to ask you later on what you thought about the Kevin Byard trade. I mean, the Titans have gotten rid of some of their best players before in, in history, and it looks like this would be one of their better defensive players. Of course, he's from MTSU right there locally, and um, you know had a great career there, so I like him there, and I think he'll do really well with um, the Eagles. You know, if they were going to trade him, I wish Packers could have got him, but anyhow. Well, I'll say this. It's an improvement for Philadelphia over what they had. And it's a it's it's a downgrade for the Titans. At the same time, Bayard isn't the player he was even two seasons ago. I think he's already hit his peak. So I think he's on the downward slide, but I don't think he's bad by any stretch of the imagination. He's still a very good safety. And I think on that team, especially in Philadelphia, um, he will have a good rest of the year as well. Um, the Titans are looking to, to ship out everything. I mean, Derrick Henry's on the block. If anybody wants Tannehill, I'm sure they can have them. Um, I would assume they're going to hang on to all their young, young guys. I've heard people have been calling on the receivers, but I would assume they're going to hold on to those guys. 
But at the end of the day, it's a great move for Philadelphia. They didn't have to give up very much. Tennessee's just trying to acquire as much capital as they can right now to rebuild, which is what's ahead here for Tennessee. So, I mean, it's a good trade for Philadelphia. I think they won the trade, no doubt about that. Uh, but I think Tennessee's also accomplishing what they're trying to accomplish. And I don't think Kevin Byard was ever an untouchable guy at this point in his career either. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Green Bay could have got him, who they would have had to give up to get him. The draft capital wasn't that bad. Uh, they definitely need safety help. I mean, I heard Darnell Savage may go IR this week as well. So, I mean, um, yeah. Uh, speaking of Green Bay, Dad, they're the next game up. Um, some people have this game even. Uh, on what we use has it at uh, Minnesota, a .5 favorite, <laughs> half a point favorite on the road in Green Bay. How sad is that? Um, neither one of us picked this game, Dad. I, I'd like to think Green Bay wins this game, uh, but at the same time, I mean, who knows? Who knows what we're getting these days? Yeah, I I, I think there is a, a, a good chance just by virtue of, I think, you know, it looks like Minnesota is doing better, obviously, with beating the 49ers there. A lot of questions in Green Bay right now, um, but it's a home game. So if things are going to start clicking the right way and um, people are going to start making, you know, if they're going to cut down on some of the mistakes, this would be an ideal game being at home against Minnesota uh, for things to pick up again very quickly. Um, again, you know, will it, can it get a lot worse right now? Right now, people I think are in Green Bay from what I'm hearing is just, you know, they're kind of going to go through the season. Hopefully people will get experience and it will get better as the season goes on. I think they will win some games. This would be a great one, no doubt about it, to head in that direction. They've got a couple games here. They should be able to be in the game no doubt about it. They've just got to get things to click, which had not happened so far. And the fact that they lost to two bad teams uh, really, you know, is kind of a head scratcher. So we'll see. What record gets Matt LaFleur fired? I don't think Matt LaFleur gets fired um, at this point because I think, again, young play, unless Jordan Love just, just really, really – has you know trouble? I think everybody's going to say Jordan Love's got potential. I think he does. I uh, you know it's he's surrounded by youth in spots where it's tough. Um, you know another injury or two. Um, I don't think Lafleur gets fired this year. Um, kind of no matter what it is. Now I guess if it's two and fifteen, maybe so. But I don't think it's going to go that way. Well, that's what I'm saying though. I mean, I think four and twelve or four and thirteen. I guess. I think that's it. I don't, I think if they only get four wins, I think LaFleur's gone. Um, I, I, I don't, I, I like LaFleur enough. I don't mind keeping them around. They, they're going to have to make staff changes. I mean, the defense, we saw it with Dom Capers every year, the last three games. Oh, look, the defense actually showed up. Well, look, the defense is improving. Oh, look, there's, there's hope for the defense. And they didn't fire Dom Capers when they should have. And we went through an extra couple of years with Dom Capers, who I greatly respect, but his time was due. Same thing with Mike McCarthy, but that's another story. Listen, Joe Barry, I'm sure he's a fine guy. I hate calling for people's jobs. It ain't working. It's time to move on. And LaFleur, I don't know. I think in some ways to keep his job, he might have to make that change sooner rather than later. I don't know if he's the one that gets to make that call. Um, but nonetheless, I think four wins 
is the line. He's got to get over four wins to keep his job this year. And uh, and maybe they even make changes on the offensive staff. Maybe they take away the play calling responsibilities from him um, at, at the end of the year and and make him go get someone that can that can do that aspect. I don't even know. Um, at this point, I, I still am relatively positive about the future of the team, but I'm not super positive about the season. I still think seven wins is a possibility. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, any win we get is a cherry on top for me at this point. <laughs> I feel like this is a throwaway season other than development. Develop guys, get them touches, get them playing time, and and go from there. Um, they, they're at home. They need to win this game, plain and simple. They should win this game, and uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, yeah. Dallas is at home, six-and-a-half-point favorites over the Rams. Uh, the Rams looked like maybe they were going to be okay this year, but they're three and four. Dallas, of course, has had their downfalls, but at the same time, Dallas is a pretty solid team too. Um, I think Dallas is the better team. They are at home. I'll take the Cowboys in this one. How about you? Yes, I think the Cowboys should beat the Rams. Um, Cowboys should rebound again. I don't think they're as good as, you know, look like earlier in the year, but they should be better than the Rams and being at home, uh, they should win this. Are they better than San Francisco, Dallas? Um, when, when San Francisco's healthy, no. Right, 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 right now, right now, it might be quite a game. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think Philadelphia is the clear number one, uh, but I think San Francisco and Dallas are closer uh, than someone would give them credit for. Seattle hosts Cleveland. Seattle is the two and a half point favorite. Cleveland is going in with quarterback PJ Walker again. Because of that, I'm going Seattle, even though they have the same record. I don't love either of these teams, Dad. <laughs> I'm going to go Seattle in this one. Yeah, I, again, I think Cleveland's going to have a better year, and um, I, I'd like to see Cleveland win this one. Uh, Seattle, again, you know, playing better like they did last year. So um, it's kind of up in the air where this one's at Seattle. Yeah, so I'll go with them being at home, even though I'll be for the Browns. And the Browns proved last week with their defense, um, you know, don't count them out. So, Ugh, Yeah, I guess. Um, Kansas City, Denver, Denver's at home. Denver's Denver, even though they beat the Packers. Kansas City, seven and a half point favorites. Um, I mean, that's probably the same number that's on the how many times are you going to see Taylor Swift over or under seven and a half. Um, I'll take the over on both of these things. Kansas City walks away with this one against Denver. Yes, I mean, Denver obviously now is on a winning streak, and I think Kansas City will probably just bring it back down to earth real quick. Uh, I think Kansas City will cover. Baltimore on the road against Arizona, eight-and-a-half-point favorites. I love what Baltimore's doing. I love it for my fantasy teams because i got Mark Andrews and Zay Flowers. It's been a wonderful thing for me. Uh, but Arizona is tanking, and uh, they've done it very, very well to this point in the year, and I don't see it changing now. Uh, give me the your prediction for this game, and then I have a question for you regarding the Cardinals. Um, I I think Baltimore you know, will win this, and I think they will cover. So, uh, The Cardinals have a tight end named Zach Ertz. I'm sorry? The, the, the Cardinals have a tight end named Zach Ertz. Uh -huh. Yes. I think he would look good in green and gold. Uh, he would. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, no. Packers, I mean, that's the kind of guy you want to go get, right? Veteran. We need a veteran pass catcher. We don't have any of them. 
Um, we like the young tight ends, but I, mean, I don't think Zach Hurts would hurt anything in that room, and I think he would help Jordan Love at the same time. That's the kind of guy that makes sense for the Packers to go after right now. Yes, I, I think um, I, I think the Packers may make a move here at the trade deadline. I was going to ask you about that here at the end, but um, I, I think there's possibility. I don't think tight end. At, I, I think it would have been great at the first of the year, no doubt about it. I don't think tight end's the spot that they need as bad right now as they do tackle. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> all offensive line could be anywhere on the offensive line, a good veteran um, and wide receiver. Cause I think that room still needs some, some guidance and leadership there. And um, I think it really sets the new guys up. So again, I think a Jerry Judy type thing would be a, a, a real good move there. I mean, I, I wouldn't be mad if they got Jerry Judy. I don't think he's what they need. Um, I think Ertz actually fits what you're talking about better than Judy does. Now, he's not a wide receiver. I get that. But he's a veteran pass catcher. I think he would help and do those things. Again, if they brought in Judy, I wouldn't be upset about it. But I don't think that's the missing piece right now. Offensive line, though, 100%. They need offensive linemen. And uh, Jordan Love would look a whole lot better if he was protected. Aaron Jones would look a whole lot better and stay healthier if he had holes to run through. Um yeah, offensive line is the number one need. Defensive back is a need as well. Um, they got enough needs, but uh, I don't know. To me, Ertz is the kind of guy that feels like the price tag wouldn't be super high and a uh, quality veteran to add to the, to the locker room. Um, that's what I would like to see. All right, let's transition to college football, Dad. And the weekend ahead, the slate that is uh, on hand, uh, the EKU Colonels will be on the road to Utah Tech. First ever matchup between the two teams. Um, but most of you listening tonight probably don't care about that. So let's get into it. Tennessee, Kentucky, Dad. They're both five and two, but Tennessee has uh beaten much better competition than Kentucky has uh to this point. I say that in just a little bit. But at Kentucky, Tennessee's a four-point favorite. Uh when I grew up, you didn't even have to question who was gonna win this game. You knew it was gonna be Tennessee. I don't have as much confidence as some people in the Vols, but I think they're better than Kentucky. So I'll take Tennessee in that one. Yeah, I think even though it's on the road, Tennessee, I think it's still going to have a good season. And um, if for them to have that, then this is a game, you know, they need to win um, here because they're going to have a, a, tough, a tough one, kind of a trap game next week. So, um, but yeah, I, I hopefully Tennessee will look really good here and do well. People are trying to talk like the Florida-Georgia game is going to be entertaining. I don't see that one happening. Uh, and there's a battle of ranked opponents this week that I don't care to watch. Duke and Louisville, to me, that's not super exciting. Oregon and Utah should be a great game, though. Uh, excited about that one ahead uh, there. And that's pretty much it for me. <laughs> Any games that stand out to you this week in college football? Well, Oregon and Utah, Oregon and Utah should be the best game, but there's three three teams that if they're going to stay in the hunt, then they've got to continue to win. And that's uh, OU and they play Kansas. They should win. Florida State playing Wake Forest, Washington playing Stanford. All three of those teams need to win if they're going to stay in the hunt and it'll continue to make it very interesting if they do continue to win. So, um, you know, again, OU had kind of a tight 
gave one last week. So we'll see in Kansas. Um, probably of those three teams playing in Kansas is the better one of the bunch. But, um, of course, wait, we will see there. But those three, I'll kind of be keeping an eye on those three teams to see if they stay undefeated. Uh, my picks have changed since the beginning of the year. I'm sure yours has too. Uh, as you look at it right now, who do you think the final four teams are? Uh, um, I think you've got um, obviously Georgia. Um, I think I, Georgia, Ohio State. Um, I think if Michigan beats Penn State, then I think whoever loses Michigan and Ohio State could still be in it. And then um, the next team, again, it'll depend kind of on Florida State, OU, depending on who stays in it uh, here undefeated. Yeah, I got Georgia, Ohio State, Washington, and Oklahoma as my final four. I don't believe Florida State will run the table. I think Ohio State beats Michigan. Um, so, therefore, I got Ohio State in. And if you got undefeated teams, I think you're going to have four undefeated teams out of these six uh, that are there. So, uh, so I'll go with those four. Um, but we'll see. See how it all shakes down at the end of the day. Quinn Ewers out uh, for Texas. Uh, so, so with injury. So that's not great. Um, and we'll see how things look now in Texas. Uh, they've been a good team, but uh, nonetheless, uh, there's plenty of things that got to be taken care of uh, there in Texas. So we'll see how it all shakes out the rest of the way. Uh, anything else, Dad, to cover before we head out? No. Have you heard with yours being hurt, will Arch Manning be the quarterback or is there another backup? I don't believe it's Arch Manning, Dad. Um, and the only reason I say that is I feel like that's all anyone would be talking about. Uh, so I believe it's Murphy. Uh, let me see if I can get his first name. Uh, let's see here. It's not It's not going to be Arch Manning. Like I said, that's all you'd hear about. Malik Murphy, starting quarterback against BYU. Uh, let's see here. Let's see if I can give you some information. Um, looks like both Murphy and Manning are getting a lot of snaps, uh, in practice right now. Uh, so Murphy, it is, it looks like he's in line to start. He was a redshirt freshman in 2022 and had the number two job coming in as well. So there you go. It looks like Murphy's the guy, but Arch Manning will be the backup now and, uh, give opportunity if, if the window opens. Uh, and might we say that Arch Manning's uncle, the window opened and he stepped in and never stepped out. So maybe that's what Arch Manning does as well in Texas. Anything yep. else? Nope. nope. I, I think that'll do it. Should be a, a you know good week in football. It's exciting every week in the NFL and college football is coming down. It's you know, a great time of year, fall football season. High school is either in the playoffs or getting close within a week and a lot of high schools uh, there. And so, um, you know, a lot of football going on here in the fall. Uh, your Celtics currently winning as of this broadcast over the Knicks. Uh, 64-53 in the third quarter. Congratulations uh, <laughs> there as well. And uh, and we'll talk about hockey next week, maybe, uh, if we get there. Follow us on social media, at Sports Stove on Twitter and Instagram. Go find your new favorite flavor of jerky at RighteousFelon.com. 
Use the promo code STOVE15. That's S-T-O-V-E. It's the number one and the number five. STOVE15. Use that at checkout, and you are going to get 15% off your purchase, and you will not regret it. You'll love Righteous Fella. I hope you try that. Dad, yours is headed your way in a couple of days. Uh, they try out a couple of flavors. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's broadcast of the Sports Stove Podcast. Thanks, Dad, as always, for joining us tonight. Um, well, share, subscribe, rate, review, all those good things as well. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.